Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Kristen Kenny from Red Bull Global Rallycross, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the April 12th edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 135 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally and myself will be previewing the Barrett-Jackson auction, talking with two of the drivers from Need for Speed, discussing this weekend's Trans Am race at Homestead, and viewing some of their West Coast racing action. Imagine if you could play your favorite video game in real life. Castle Edge brought the new Need for Speed payback video game to life on a real-life closed-dirt course. The challenge paid monster drift driver Luke Woodham and Need for Speed influencer Theo Thomas, also known as Black Panther, against each other for a race in a real car on a real treacherous course. However, their only visibility was from a camera attached to the top of the car, simulating the view gamers see in the new Need for Speed pickback video game. With all the car windows blacked out, Theo and Luke had to rely on instinctive driving and gaming skills to make it through the real-life course, which were based on the fictional Liberty Desert in Need for Speed Payback. Theo Thomas, known on YouTube as Black Panther, is a British YouTuber with over 600,000 subscribers and 127.3 million video views. He is most popularly known for his gaming and vlogging videos, which involve cars and racing games. Luke Woodham is a 29-year-old full-time mechanic turned pro drift racer. In just four years, Luke's talent behind the wheel has taken him from relative obscurity to scoring multiple titles in the, oh Lord, the Ghana Grid European Gauntlet Series, as well as podiums in the British Drift Championship. He races in a car he cut, welded, painted, and prepared in his own backyard. We'd now like to bring you our interview with them, which was recorded late last week. Hold on one second. I got a, I'm Adam Sinclair from SpeedwayDigest.com. I got a couple questions for you today. Cool. First off, can you tell us a little more about the challenge and what it was like to, to race a real car without being able to see out the windows? Yes, yeah, so obviously got the phone call from Castrol um, to go and give this a go. Um, the Castrol Edge Titanium Gamer Trials. It was insane. Um, obviously, the Ford Mustang that we had was fully blacked out inside. We had a screen put in front of us with a, like a third-eye view camera. So you know, we're delving into Frio's world now. So for me as a driver, the complete attack on the senses and to, to kind of get used to this complete unreal sensation of driving a real car but seeing yourself on screen. So the best fun ever. Um, I highly recommend it, and I cannot wait to do it again. It's absolutely awesome. And for Theo, how did the driving challenge compare to playing the video game? So it felt scarily similar to uh, the actual game because you get in the car and you have the same view that uh, you would have in the game. And uh, it's just until you hit a bump, you don't realize that it's a real car. You you kind of forget sometimes and you have to remind yourself that if I go into a wall, there's no reset button for this. And for Luke, how did your instincts, how did the experience test your instincts and skills as a professional drifter? Yeah, obviously, you know, it's under a lot of pressure. Um, the car was running fantastic. We had the cash remote oil in there, so the car was absolutely sound. Um, for me, yeah, a lot of pressure on my shoulders, obviously, to, to see if I can adapt to my, um, kind of my driving style and, and my senses, if it would suit um, kind of the setup we had. So, luckily. 
worked out great. Uh, it was it was brilliant. You can rely on the system, the camera and the equipment that we had, and that was fantastic. There was no delay in the feedback of you know from the camera to the screen, and it worked out really well. And I'm willing to to take it to the road now, put it put it on the car, and go to do the shopping. And for both of you, what are you looking forward to most about the Castrol Edge Tournament at PAX East, which uh, is going to be in Boston? Yeah, uh, so this weekend. Yeah, so the the thing I'm most looking forward to is actually meeting uh, people that have seen the video, uh, played the trials in the game, uh, and subscribe to me on YouTube, follow Luke. It'll be cool to just meet people and uh, hang out with them and discuss what we did. And where would my listeners be able to go for more information about the event? So for more information and to the actual video, you can go to the Castrol USA YouTube channel for the Titanium Gamer video. And if you uh, want to play the trials yourself, you can jump onto Meet to Be Payback and they're available. All right. Well, thank you very much for talking to me today. And we look forward to seeing more about both of you in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Once again, we'd like to thank Castrol as well as Theo Thomas and Luke Foot Woodham for taking the time to chat with us. Be sure to check out the latest Need for Speed video game. And remember it was tested in a real life on a desert closed desert course with no visibility. Bear Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions, is set to usher in a docket filled with extremely rare and exotic supercars during the sixteenth annual Palm Beach auction, April twelfth through the fifteenth, two thousand eighteen. One of the crown jewel supercars crossing the block is an extraordinary resource 72 Ferrari Dino 246GT lot number 722. With only 41,753 original miles, modern supercars will also be a part of the auction action in Florida, including a 2012 Nürburgring edition Lexus LFAS lot number 724. That is one of only 50 in made will sell at no reserve. Among the most anticipated of the modern era supercars consigned for Palm Beach is a 2013 Lamborghini Gallardo LP 570-4 Custom Superleggera, lot number 725. With only 1,800 original miles and powered by a V10 engine, it was upgraded with a Stage 3 twin-turbo package, which included the MoTeC engine management system and racing heads. Another modern supercar crossing the block at no reserve is the Air One Black 2006 Ford GT Coupe, Lot number 726.1 that features a 5.4-liter eight-cylinder engine and six-speed manual transmission. A 1983 Ferrari 512BBI, lot number 723, white over cream with impeccable red Zegna wool inserts, is one of the finest examples of this model and features a 4.9-liter 12-cylinder engine with five-speed manual transmission. Other highly anticipated exotics and supercars crossing the block in Palm Beach at no reserve include a 1986 Ferrari Testarossa Coupe, lot number 669.1, an iconic Ferrari finish in Rosso Corsa Red 1987, sorry, Corsa Red 1987 Ferrari Testarossa, lot number 663, powered by a V12 engine, made it to a manual transmission. 1999 Bentley Azure Convertible, lot number 664, only 8,100 miles and loaded with luxury options. A 2003 Porsche 911 Turbo Custom Coupe, lot number 373, featuring... Oh, I'm sorry. I lost my spot. Why? It appears that my 
phone. Seriously. Really? I'm so sorry. My phone is acting up. Featuring a wicked 7-mega-wide body conversion. Yes. Okay. So featuring, sorry, a wicked 7-mega-wide body conversion, 2007. Mm -hmm. Lamborghini Gallardo Spider Convertible, lot number 669, prints from 0 to 62 in 4.3 seconds. Holy cow. A 2009 Porsche 911 Turbo Convertible, lot number 372, all-wheel drive cabriolet with Carrera red leather. A 2011 Maserati Gran Turismo Convertible, lot number 625, one-owner car designed and built by Ferrari. The vehicle docket for the 2018 Palm Beach auction, along with additional event details, are now available at barrett-jackson.com. We also published quite a few articles about the one Palm Beach happening, which you can check out at palmbeach.happeningmag.com. We put out, I think, three releases in the past two days. Uh, We're going to be putting out six more tomorrow. So that'll be our fast Friday thing. We'll just have a bunch of Bear Jackson information. For more information on becoming a bidder for the 2018 Palm Beach auction, including the John Stilupi Cars of Dreams collection and the South Florida collection, please visit www.barrett-jackson.com bid. Now, this will be, I believe, my fifth time heading out to the Barrett-Jackson auction. I'll be heading out there a little bit tomorrow. I was invited to a VIP thing in the morning, although I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to head out there for the VIP thing first thing in the morning. I will be heading out there later in the afternoon. I hope to see some of you out there. It's a great act. Great auction. It's more of a uh, more of like a car show than an auction for a lot of the people who go out there. Although there are still availability to sign up for a bidder, they did just close their consignments uh, the other day, so you're not able to sell your car out there. You've missed that deadline by a few days, but you're still able to to sign up to bid if you're interested. Uh, most of the great deals I think came through the came across the block today, because the uh, the first day is always the a little bit better, more realistic prices. Uh, Friday is generally a higher price day, although there are some good deals that go across first thing Friday. So if you head out there at like noon and you did sign up to become a bidder and you want a good deal on a on a pretty good car that's been inspected by the Bear Traction inspectors, be sure to check that out. Uh, it's also a great time to see see celebrities in the in the local area. Um, Vanilla Ice has been out there a lot of times in the past few years. I know this year they've got some some items, of course, from the John Stilupi Cars of Dreams collection. John Sloopy is not really a celebrity per se. He is a, a guy who's pretty much every Bear Jackson auction. He uh, he buys a lot of cars, and he goes through his collection rather frequently. Um, this year, I think that the most of the cars he's putting into the collection, into the auction, are resto mods for their, their older cars with newer technology to make them a little more efficient. Um, so you might want to check that out. I know he's got more than 100 cars, I think just under 200 cars he's put out for his personal collection. Um, as well as Burt Reynolds is putting out some of his personal cars this year. Um, one of the featured cars, which we're going to have a little bit on tomorrow on uh, Palm Beach Happening, is a 1970 Camaro. It was a pace car at Indianapolis. It's a car that he's owned since new. Uh, he's going to be uh, driving the car onto the block. At least that's what I saw on the information I received earlier. So that'll be neat. Um, a lot of people are big fans of Burt Reynolds, especially in South Florida, is the fact that he grew up here in West Palm Beach. He attended Palm Beach High School, and he lived in Jupiter up until rather recently. I know he uh, 
he had some issues in the past where he was got, forced to sell most of his property in Jupiter. So, but I do know that he has a lot of South Florida connections, and that's always pretty cool to see Burt Reynolds around town. There have also been a lot of other celebrities in the past who have gone out there. Uh, William Shatner was there a couple of years ago, which was kind of neat. Plus, there's a bunch of NASCAR people who hang out there as well. Um, the, uh, Rick Hendrick is there often, um, even when they, when it's not a NASCAR off weekend, which it isn't this week. Uh, he'll probably fly in at least for one day of the auction uh, to look around and see things. Um, plus, they've got Mike Joy, who's the guy who's done the uh, – who's in the booth for the NASCAR races, he'll be out there. And Rick DeBrule, who's a, a broadcaster who covers a lot of IndyCar races, he's also out there this weekend. As today was the first day of the auction, they had a lot of stuff on Velocity. They had like five hours of coverage on Velocity Network. Personally, I know that I get the Velocity Network, but I really have no clue where it is on my dial. So uh, that's probably the same for a lot of people across the country. So if you have Velocity and you know where it is, that's great. If you don't know where it is, you can look that up online. There's always a way to find it. It's uh, it's on there somewhere, and uh, that's kind of neat too. We did in the past have the uh, have one of the previous hosts of the Barry Jackson auction on the program, um, so we hope to have the one well, of the people from the show call in in about three minutes now. So while we're standing by, let's go ahead and play at least a teeny bit of a selection for Ron Pastana and the pit crew. This is Full Throttle. Yeah. 
Once again, that was Full Throttle by Ron Poston and the Pit Crew. We are still standing by for further representative from Barrett Jackson to call into the program. Hopefully, you'll be calling in momentarily. Let's see. Standing by for a second. Did you know? Did you know the first Point Pink Supercross race was held on March 8, 1974? Pierre Carmaker won on a Yamaha. In 2017, Barrett Jackson helped raise funds for different charities supporting veterans, children, and medical research. This charitable element is nothing new either. According to Craig Jackson, the chairman and CEO of Barrett Jackson, to date, Barrett Jackson has helped raise an excess of $91 million for charity. Specific vehicles at the auction are deemed charity vehicles, and all proceeds go towards helping these charities. Since 1974, there have been 572 races of Monster Energy Supercross. Also, fans who attend Bear Jackson year after year keep saying that the event grows larger every time it's held. The Trans Am Series is an automobile racing series that was created in 1966 by Sports Car Club of America, the SCCA President John Bishop. Trans Am was divided into divisions for under and over 2.0 liter engines, and at the first race on March 25, 1966 at Sebring, Florida, only 35 of the 44 starters ran in the dinkier displacement division. But the great A.J. Foyt put a Mustang on the pole for the four-hour Governor's Cup race for sedan, and the roar of the seven V8-powered entries, three Mustangs, three Plymouth Barracudas, and one Dodge Dart, two flat-six-powered Corbiers, filled out the over 2.0-liter field. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner, or maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport? Contact either Mike and Molly or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, we deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. Once again, we're standing by for a representative from Barrett Jackson to call into the program. I know they've got a really busy evening there today, as this is the first night of the show. And I'm not sure if they're still online or if they're still uh, still at the auction currently, but I'm sure they will be calling in shortly. Let's go ahead and jump a, jump again in the script again and talk a little bit about the uh, the West Coast racing. I know that you, you had an opportunity to attend a few different races last weekend in the Seattle area. Tell us a little bit more about them. Well, so Supercross was, that was my first time going. So it's held at CenturyLink Field, which is home of the, so I got to rub that in my family's face because they're huge Seahawks fans. Um, We got pit passes, which took you behind the scenes of the stadium. It showcased Seattle's football team and their achievements as well as the AMA's finest, the rider, collar crews, and bikes. Um, it was really raining, though, and it rained all weekend, which is kind of an over-there thing. Like, that's basically all you get in Seattle. And they didn't get the track covered in time, so there was, like, six inches of rain that was on the track. There was puddles throughout the track. There was all kinds of mud, and it was just really muddy. Um, it wasn't very super racing, which I was kind of hoping to see them hitting jumps and really fighting for the lead, but I understand it's kind of hard to do when the track's super muddy, but it was still pretty interesting. Um, the mud 
like the mud created a lot of rut and it rained throughout the whole night, which made it anyone's race to win, which is kind of cool. Um, riders that wouldn't typically make it to the main event made it, and some riders who usually make it didn't. One rider who raced at Efreda Raceway Park qualified for the main, which is really cool. I believe he ended up finishing, I want to say he finished the top ten. I know he finished, I honestly think he finished seventh, somewhere in there. Um, they actually had some pretty cool stuff, like for their rider introductions, they had loud booms and bangs. Um, they really had the crowd going wild, which was kind of crazy. And riders were getting stuck in the mud and buried, and they were getting super mad. So, overall, Supercross was pretty cool. I was a little disappointed to see that they didn't have as much interaction throughout the pits as, like, the NHRA or I'm sure NASCAR does. So that was a little disappointing, but it was still a cool experience. And then Sunday we attended Honda Fest at Pacific Raceways. It was my second Honda Fest event. Um, this time I brought my car. We got VIP passes, which made it so we didn't have to wait in a line of 300-plus cars because they were just pouring in. Um, so we got to go straight into the track, and we parked alongside the drag strip, which is really cool. But the rain delayed the racing, which resulted in no racing at all. So that was kind of depressing because it was kind of fun the first year I went watching all those little Hondas trying to go down the track. However, mm-hmm. the show still went on. There was a bunch of Hondas and Acuras. There was even Teslas, Jeeps, Subarus, all kinds of cars, but it was mainly for the Hondas and Acuras. But anybody that wanted to show up and showcase their car, um, they had people from Hawaii and California and Oregon and just all over, which was actually really cool. Kind of sucked that they came all the way over there, though, for just to rain all day, but, you know, it is what it is. Oh, there was a really cool Honda hatchback there that set, he set off a bunch of alarms with his stereo, which was actually pretty awesome. So he said in Vegas, he set a sound decibel of 1.58, which is really Hmm. crazy because at Supercross, the decibel for sound in the stadium from the crowd and everybody was um, 129. So that was really cool. Hmm. And, yeah, it just kind of sucked off. It was a really rainy weekend, so the racing from both events that were supposed to be really cool, you know, they didn't really get to do a lot of for either day, but it was still really cool, and I'm I'm going to go again. Actually, I wanted to go to, I think, for Supercross next year, I'm going to try to go to Anaheim for their race awesome. over there just because, mm-hmm. yeah. Spend a day at the Supercross and a day at Disneyland. That would be really fun. I've always wanted to meet Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, once again, we're standing by for, hopefully, the guy from Brad Jackson to call in. We're going to go ahead and take another short little break and play another selection from Grand Passan and Pit Crew. I think this is a song we haven't played on here recently. This is The Great White North. Canada, land of the snow, good tennis sportsman, tour day four. 
The Great White North from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew, and that kind of helps us segue into our next segment, while we're still standing by from Representative for Barrett Jackson, who hopefully will be calling in shortly. But this weekend, the South Florida Sports Car Challenge provides a weekend full of exhilarating racing. Don't miss your chance as the drivers from the Trans Am Series, presented by Pirelli and Farah, take on the Homestead Miami Speed Modified Road Course, which includes turns three and four of the Oval. The Trans Am Series is America's road racing series and dates back to 1966. The Trans Am Series is comprised of four distinct classes, TA, TA2, TA3, and TA4. For detailed information on each class, visit gotransam.com slash transam101. Formula and Automobile Racing Association, FARA, was established in South Florida and is made up of pro-amateur level drivers. The FARA Road Racing Championship offers the drivers a choice to compete in the Endurance or Sprint Championship with cars divided into engine displacement modified production classes. For more information, visit www.farausa.com. 
Saturday's action includes practice and qualifying for Trans Am, a Porsche Challenge race, as well as the late afternoon, early evening race for the FARA, the Sunset 300. We'll be there, and we'll be providing a, a review both online as well as here next week. The racing concludes on Sunday with a Trans Am racing as well as more FARA events. It's going to be a good weekend of racing, and as I stated, the Great White North was a good segue because a lot of the racers that were in the Trans Am series now used to race in Canada. Some of them still do. I know that the uh, that Adam Andretti, who's a, uh, a member of the Andretti family, he uh, races in both Trans Am as well as in the NASCAR Pinties series, also known as NASCAR Canada. He did a full season, or almost a full season there in NASCAR Pinties series last year, and I'll try to ask him a little bit this year whether he's going to be on doing that as well. He is a great guy to talk to. He's very personable. He comes out and explains the car and explains what he's doing when you're down there. And as the uh, as with a lot of racing, the, uh, the Trans Am Series definitely provides you with a, a great access to the drivers, the teams, the cars, uh, the Ferris Series as well. You can get up close and personal with cars in the FARI Series that you'd never be able to get close to in the uh, when they were racing in other series. They have a... Uh, some prototypes there that are they're really cool, both P3s as well as P1s and P2s, and even some old. Uh, so that's a pretty neat thing to see, especially if you're a big fan of those cars and weren't able to get close to them when they're racing in the in the top series. You can get basically right up over the top of them when they're racing in Homestead. So that's pretty cool. They also have a a, a bunch of of uh, weird promotional things. They have a a, a dance team from one of the uh, the race teams from Hubble Racing that they call the Hubble Bubbles, which is really, really kind of lame, but they attract a big crowd, and it's something that's going away quickly. Uh, not every – it used to be in the past, pretty much every car had its own little bikini squad of people around it, and now that's that's going away quickly, but Hubble Racing seems to embrace it fully, and they've got a huge group of women who've traveled with the car, and that's it's something to see, but it's definitely a, a – a throwback to a previous era of racing. Again, we're holding on for the, the gentleman from Barrett-Jackson to call in. We're hoping that he will call in shortly. I don't have high hopes in that, but I do have hope that he will. And as such, we're going to go ahead and do one more song from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew. This is In the Zone.
That was In the Zone from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew. Be sure to check them out if you can check, look them up on the, on Google. Uh, they have a full album to download, so be sure to check that out, Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew. Well, it appears that the Bear Jackson representative will not be able to call in this evening, which is unfortunate, but I'm hoping that we'll be able to talk to someone from the from the organization next week. I'll try my best to get that worked out and we can have a review of what happened at Palm Beach, uh, possibly get an idea of how some of the cars sold, see what the attendance was, see what the charity, how well they did with the charity auctions, and stuff like that. It should be a, a pretty good interview, and we're hoping that works out in that way. So... If you haven't, if you have the opportunity, be sure to head out to to the South Florida Fairgrounds this weekend. They go tonight through Sunday. Uh, the hours vary, so be sure to check it out on Barrett Jackson Barrett-Jackson.com. They've got full information about the auction, as well as the hours and some information about the cars that are going to be available on that day. We'll also be posting, as I stated, on Palm Beach Happening. We'll be doing a, a heck of a lot of articles about about Barrett Jackson tomorrow. I believe, as I stated, probably either six or seven. We also have one that's going to be just a uh, a daily piece that describes the, the cars that are going up for auction on Sunday. We'll probably do the same thing for Saturday. Uh, as soon as that's made available to us, we can put that out to you. So be sure to check it out on Palm Beach Happening. That's palmbeach.happeningmag.com. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at speedwaydigestradionetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at speedwaydigest.com. We're probably going to put out a few new articles in the racing news section tomorrow. I know we have some information about the NHRA, as well as some other information about upcoming events, including the Long Beach Grand Prix, which takes place this weekend. So be sure to check that out. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida, and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which will be found by visiting palmbeach.happeningmag.com. As I stated a few minutes ago, we have a, a quite a bit of information about Barrett-Jackson on there, as well as some information about other local events, including the Halfway to Halloween party that's happening tomorrow night at Enigma Haunt. So if you're interested in, in seeing uh, fully costumed characters go out and sing karaoke, be sure to check out our information on that, Palm Beach Happening. I'll also be reposting information about that on the Facebook page for Palm Beach Happening, which can be found by visiting the by searching for Palm Beach Happening in the search bar, as well as simply by going to Palm Beach Happening, which is facebook.com slash Palm Beach Happening. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great week, and thank you again.